Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast. I'm Bill. And I'm JC, and we got a full slate of stuff we want to talk about this week. We really do. But before we get to all of that, I think you and I have to make this announcement right now, right off the bat. Because you and I, we, we've talked about this for a long time. And we're going to finally do it. Our first show of 2024, whatever that may be. Uh, hold on a minute. We got some breaking news. Uh, do, do you want to play breaking news music here? All right. This is from Jeff Hassan, ESPN. Shohei Otani has agreed to a 10-year, $700 million deal with the Dodgers. Oh, my. I knew it. Million. I knew it. Bill, I knew it. I knew it. Bill knew it. And I mean, what a perfect way to start the show with breaking news that Shohei Otani is going to the Dodgers, who will not win a World Series. But spending all that money, we know money doesn't buy anything. And now we'll have to see what the opt-outs are. So you're, you're looking at what? You said 10 years, seven, 700, 700 million. million? Yep. 70 million a year? Woo! That's going to be a good luxury cap. Well, they'll be uh, at the top or near the top of the NL West for the next 10 years. So, Yeah, I mean, and you got to imagine, right? They've got big money in uh, Freeman and uh, Mookie Betts. Betts. Yeah. You know, now that makes... <sighs> You know, that makes that move, Mets to second base, make a little more sense now, I think. But Well, it does, but Shohei's going to be DH all year because he's not going to be able to throw. Yeah, and then the following year he'll be a pitcher, so. Yeah. All right. Now, that was not planned, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what we just said. That was not planned. <laughs> that was not what we were going to announce. It just popped up on my phone, and I'm like, uh-oh, better say it now before I forget. Um, yeah, no, that's that. That's a perfect timing of us just messing around with Skype, getting on the Zoom, and all of a sudden, boom. I know. Breaking news. So anyway, back to what we were going to say. Our first show of 2024, this is one JC and I have basically wanted to do all year. And we're going to do it on the first show of the new year. We're going to give you all a deep dive into the history of the traveling A's. Since they are pretty much going to Las Vegas, we're going to give you a complete history of the team that will be moving for a third time next year. Yeah, going to going to Vegas. It has been approved. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to start right back from day one of the A's franchise, work our way up to pretty much to the 2024 season. Yeah. So we're excited about that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're going to learn learn a bunch of new things about this organization. Mm-hmm. And away we go. I know. And I'll I tell know. you what, man. My, my, so what's the prediction of over-under for fans showing up in Oakland? Next season? Yes, and we're and we're not counting 
fans of visiting teams, correct? Correct. Uh, I say the over-under will be 7,000. And I'm being very nice on that number. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If right now, let's say the Washington Astros are going there. I don't know if they go to Oakland this year or Oakland goes back to Washington. But I bet you can get a ticket for five bucks and you can sit anywhere. And that's, you might be the only not only fan in the stands to maybe watch the Nationals and the A's. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say this because I'm not offended by it. Well, just, you know, and well, go ahead. Nationals fans travel well, actually. Yeah. They, yeah, actually, they, they do travel. They do travel well. So I would think if they do go to, I'm, I'm actually looking to see if we do go to Oakland next year or not. What? Um, they may have a good, you know, crowd with them. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, you're getting out of Washington. You're going to sunny California. Well, maybe a little business trip. Go in there, watch some games. What organization against the A's would you think where you could actually have zero fans in the stands? Oh, dear Lord. The Marlins? Maybe. I don't know. The rate, the, oh, the rate. Okay, the rate. actually, we do go to Oakland early in the season. Oh, April, yeah. So April twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Oh, of course, people are going to go there right away. You know, the hype's up there. It's going to be warm in California. It's still going to be cold in Washington. I mean, Ooh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they get a good crowd. Like, yeah, there are certain I, teams you know they will have a good crowd with. Yankees, yeah. Sox, Dodgers, Giants. Oh, yeah. I think maybe they'll get a good crowd. Maybe. Maybe. See some Blue Jay fans down there. Yeah. Right? Some Astro fans. Mm-hmm. Can't get into Houston. Might travel there. So... No, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm and actually, I'm looking at the schedule. Season starts early next year. First game yeah, is it does, March doesn't... 28th. I won't be waiting. Yeah, that. I think don't, don't. Who's playing the? Isn't it? There's. I think they have a couple of international games. Don't they just start, or is that pre? That might be. Exhibition games. I, I think Boston and Tampa is a preseason in the Dominican Republic. Yes. But other than that, I'm not really sure. Well, we'll have our baseball stuff to talk next year. Oh, yeah. Especially you now know, that Otani is going to the Dodgers. You know. Oh, yeah. 700 million. Man, you know, here's the funny thing. Because last night, you know, I, I was texting uh, with our friend Ted. And he was like, you heard the news? He's going to the Blue Jays. And I'm like, they haven't made it official yet. But he's like, yeah. I know, but I'm waiting for the 6 o'clock sports center. They're going to adapt. I'm like, no, they're not. And I, and, You're going to be I'm, waiting a long time. And I'm and I'm like, it like part of, well, I'm thinking like, I'm going to a Christmas tree lighting in like 10 minutes, pal. It ain't happening. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, now the ball's in Rogers in the Blue Jays court. You're going to spend six hundred million on one player. Now you better start spending some money on some other players. Well, but but here's the thing though, because um, I I, w- I was watching MLB on Roku during the week, and this was when Soto was still available, and and we'll get to Soto in, in a couple minutes. If they had gone in Soto for a year, which is what the Yankees are doing, is they're getting Soto for a year. Yeah. They would have had to try to pay to get Soto back, um, Vlad Jr. back, and I think Bichette was the was the third one. Now... Yeah, because Bo Bichette, another one. So now that you don't have to worry about paying Soto, you have all this money. You can save up for Vlad. You could save up for Bichette. You could get a couple of good arms. A couple of good bats still out there. Yeah. So, so, and I know a lot of our listeners are Toronto fans. Okay. Let me rephrase that. A majority of our listeners are Toronto fans. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Don't, don't be depressed today. You know, you've got all this extra money now. You could save up to sign Vlad Jr., save up to get Bichette, get a good arm or two, you know. You you could end up finishing third or fourth in the ALS this year. That's right. And still make the playoffs. Oh, that dude should have had that. He was overthrown. Okay, you watching you... the college are you watching the Army Navy game? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. So let's let's talk about Soto. And the trade to the Yankees. So, Yankees get Soto and Trent Grisham, and I and I like them getting Grisham. I think Grisham was underrated last year. Uh, probably ranks in the top ten in all of sports for mustaches. Although he's going to probably have to get rid of the mustache because of that stupid rule with the Yankees. Um, yep. And in return. San Diego gets four right-handed pitchers and a catcher from the minor leagues. Yeah, so the Yankees who have had issues with pitching just trade away a whole bunch of pitching for some more hidden. Mm-hmm. Right, including King. That was a big one. A catcher who actually hits home runs, who plays well, defensively is good. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting if Soda doesn't re-sign. You know, we'll see how the year goes with him in, in New York. I mean, he's got that short porch. Mm-hmm. Right, he might resign, but you still Stanton. You're going to have to pay to get rid of Stanton. Right. You got Judge's big contract. Yep. You know, so I guess they're in win-now mode, going to battle against the Orioles, who could have a whole new owner, who could extend all the young players. Yep. And they got, I mean, they got Kimbrell. Yep. Who's a good closer. He's a veteran closer because your regular closer is not coming back this se- this coming season. He had Tommy John surgery. So this is yeah. a good, you know, like one year pickup. Yeah. The, the thing the thing with the Yankees deal. And and from what I saw as far as the response, the majority of the writer, sports writers and experts and all that they weren't going crazy going, oh, my gosh, the Yankees are now the favorites to go to the World Series. They're the favorites to win the World Series. 
they may not even be the favorite to win their division right now. Now, granted, you know, their outfield is like a thousand times better, especially with the trade for Verdugo, because, you know, hell froze over. The Yankees and the Red Sox were in a trade. You know, hell froze over this week. So you uh, got that your, was weird. So you got your outfield set. You got Verdugo in left field, Judge Center, Soto right field. That's a good outfield right there. I will give them yeah. that. Um, it's really going to come down to the pitching. It that's what it's going to come down to for them. If they could pick up another quality starter or two, and I'm not talking about Yamamoto from Japan. You know, I'm talking about someone who you could get cheap for maybe a year or two that could really help your, you know, rotation. Because Garrett Cole, as much as he's a hell of a pitcher, he cannot carry that rotation by himself. They need to get good quality starting pitchers. And if they don't do that, they're they're going to be in for another long season, I think. Yep. I think so too, and I mean, you're in a league, you're in a division where you got hitters all up and down every lineup. Mm-hmm. You better, you better bring the pitching. You know, so it's going to be very interesting what happens. I guess now that Otani has been signed, we are going to now see the domino effect of it all. Yeah, and it's going to. I think next few days you're going to see a bunch of signings, things like that. Some teams are going to. They're waiting. Yeah, pretty much waiting for Otani now. Now, now, let's go. Yeah, let's get this going. You know. Now, I will say, to kind of wrap up with Otani before we get to the things that JC's got to talk about, because this is going to be his show today, folks. I, I'm just here for the ride. That's right. On paper, that's the key thing that I just said. On paper. Right now, the Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series. Yep. But again, it's on paper. You got to play it out on the field. You got to win it day in and day out. And it's going to take Otani a while, I think, to get used to the Dodgers system because he, you know, been with the Angels his entire career up to this point. But... Someone had mentioned, you know, the the doctor that performed his surgery, the the Tommy John surgery, is the doctor for the Dodgers. So I think that's a that's a big reason why he signed with the Dodgers, honestly. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna talk about this in oh three months, three and a half months, probably. Yeah, when we do our baseball show, I think it's gonna be interesting to. To uh, go through every di- as we do every division, see what happens. We still got a ton of moves coming up. Mm-hmm. Like you say, the one the big domino fell. Now it's now it's time, right? We'll be sitting here, we'll be texting, talking about some signings here coming up. Mm-hmm. That's down the road. Actually, you know, we National- still have Nationals had a good signing uh, recently. They picked up somebody. I, I I can't remember his name, but he's a third baseman. I mean, let me yeah, I forget. Up. Yeah, I forget. Can't can't remember his name. Maybe maybe as soon as I see it, I'll remember it. Um, 
Nick Senzel, that's the name. Oh yeah, from uh the Reds. From the Reds. He was he had a great rookie season, didn't he? Yeah, so, one year, two million dollars. Yeah. Well that's that's actually one year, two million dollars. That's that's pretty decent for a third baseman. Yeah. So you know. Already. All right, folks. So like I said a couple of minutes ago, this is basically JC's show today. You and I, we're just here for the ride. He has a lot of things to get off of his chest, sports related. I might add a, my my two cents in as well. Um, so you know what, JC? I, I tell you what. We're we're in holiday season. We're we're two weeks away from Christmas. Two weeks and two days. I, you know, I, I've been in a generous mood lately. Um, if, if you heard our latest episode at the Downtown Dollar Bill podcast, I gave a Christmas present to our listeners there. JC, I'm going to give you a Christmas gift today. Okay. If you feel like swearing and if you feel like cursing, you do not have to put any change in the swear jar today. The unlimited swear jar show. This one time. Whoa. <laughs> if if you have to. So well, it, it may come down if I get too excited. You know, I I pretty much I can calm myself down when I go on rants. So we're right. good there. But you never know. Something might just might just get us fired up. All right. All right. Oh, and we're gonna get fired up first and foremost. I'm coming after the media. I'm coming after the media for some disgusting stories that have been published lately. Oh, I love this. I love when we go right, after the media. Oh, I mean, and it's ridiculous. First of all, we're going to start with the Connor Bedard, Corey Perry story. Okay, can you? Where they're not, and I don't mean to cut you off right away. That yeah. whole thing is so confusing. Can you please explain to me what the hell is going on with that? So Corey Perry was put on unconditional waivers for a purpose of terminating his contract. Mm -hmm. Previously, he had missed three games with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. All of a sudden, they said on a mom's trip that Corey Perry was allegedly having extramarital affairs with Connor, Connor Bedard's mom. All of a sudden, everybody ran with this story. It was all over Twitter. It was all over social media. People are saying that his contract can get terminated from that because it's on a standard contract, which I call BS. Because if it is, it's two consultant adults. It has nothing to do with the team itself. People are making teams. And, and we're dealing with an 18-year-old kid who's playing in the NHL, who's starting his career in the NHL. I mean, that and the fact that is is high pressure. You're the number one overall pick. You're being, you're being ranked up there with guys like uh, – McKenna, Crosby, you know, McDavid with mm -hmm. his skills and levels like that. And this story comes out. And then two days later, and, and the worst part is, so I'll put it this way, Chicago didn't even say nothing right at the hop. Then they came in there, said it was something that was internal. It was nothing to the family, but they left it for so long. And because they have been accused of, of uh, sexual harassment and other bad things at organization, that everything kind of simmered and it got to a point where, you know, the family had to remove their Instagram accounts and all that due to all the uh, harassment. Mm -hmm. 
But with the media running on this before it was even a let, anything was even was told what actually happened, it was disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And it turns out Corey Perry ended up having an alcohol-related incident with a with a worker that works for the Chicago Blackhawks, which had his contract terminated. So mm-hmm. within 48 to 72 hours, you know, you had it that people were were fired up on this one. They were spreading rumors that weren't true. You know, you're hurting a bunch of different families. You're hurting a bunch of teammates. It was, and I don't know if you read the whole thing about it, but it was absolutely just, just despicable. You know, someone sees one fact, you got all these websites on Facebook and everything else that all the clickbait, it was absolutely, I'll say absolutely disgusting. And shame on all you guys that did that. You know, grow up, be better. If you want to be in the media, you need to you need to have sources. You need to be read both sides of the story, and you need to be smart. Mm-hmm. And we got so many stupid reporters out there in the media that don't review both stories like they did in the old days. Run with something just for clicks, just for likes, and then boom, it blows up in your face. So Perry is no longer on the Blackhawks, correct? Correct. He's, his contract has been terminated. So obviously the NHLPA can now investigate and file up to 60 days for grievance to get paid. He has left on a personal issues, which would assume would be alcohol. Mm-hmm. And he, the NHL is investigating. But I mean, he could sign with any other team if he wants to at this point. You know, he did something that, I guess, went against their standards, they said, and they eliminated the contract. But we'll see what the NHLPA does. And if it says that, you know, the gr- they win the grievance, then he'll get paid his $4 million. Right. So. I mean, my only, the only thing I'm going to say about this, because I'm, I'm not as familiar to this story as you are. If. This is all alcohol related. And Perry, you know, says, I have a drinking problem. I think he should be given his money. Now, now, if he was doing this to just do it, then I say no. But. Well, and the thing was, it was reported it was a team. It was a team function that he was at with sponsors, mm-hmm. and he got into it with the with the worker or coworker part, somebody who's in the organization, not necessarily on the ice that he plays with. And honestly, there must have been something said or comments made to him to this mm-hmm. to this individual. They're keeping that that guy protected. Our woman, right? We don't yeah. know who it is. It could be anybody. Right. It could maybe it was something to do with sexual harassment. We don't know. They said they just violated their conduct and they got rid of them. And after the scrutiny that the Blackhawks have been under for sexual abuse and stuff, I think it was something that had to be had to be done. They dealt with it, had to be dealt with fast, right? So I guess we'll it may come out in the news, it may not. We'll find out if his if he gets his salary or not. As for yeah. now, he is unemployed and maybe it's hopefully he gets the treatment that he needs. May get swept under the rug, and it, it may, right? We yeah. we've seen that before, but I think with everything going on with the Canadian junior teams and all that stuff, I think it's tough to sweep stuff under the rug now, especially mm-hmm. when it 
especially when it is sexual abuse. Yeah. Right. It's something now that gets more uh, media attention and we'll maybe, maybe we'll never find out the real story, but we'll definitely know if he gets his money, what, what situation happens. Mm. Right. Allegedly. So. All right. But right. story number one. That's story media. number two. One. Let's go to story number two. Story number two. I have never in my life. Now, me and Bill, we're grown men, right? We're mm-hmm. smart. We're educated. We go after other grown men who are stupid, who are, who are moronic, who don't have the intelligent level as most people in this world. Mm-hmm. There is a story that was released by a person. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to acknowledge him as a media, as a writer, but he works for Deadspin. Okay. And a couple of weeks ago, during the Chiefs Raiders game, mm, yeah, there's okay. there's a young kid, right, a young boy there, who had a headdress on. Who, when he first looked at the the camera, right, half his face his face was painted black, right. Mm-hmm. When they panned over, it was half black, half red. This guy, literally. Ambush this this kid nine years old nine years old right he is uh he said that he is native american ambushed him pretty much doing the race bait thing saying that he didn't respect the african americans of the states so when people point off that he had half his black half his red this this guy doubled down and said he doesn't like the mexicans either are you kidding me and the only reason that this guy had to apologize was that Deadspin was going to be sued. So they had to, they took the kid's picture off, they put Goodell's picture on and says the NFL has a race problem. First of all, if you're going after a nine-year-old kid who's going to a game in Vegas, come on, man. You know what? That guy should that guy should never write for anybody ever again. You know, you want to come after me? or my co-host, or anybody else, go ahead. What gives you the right to go after a nine-year-old boy who's watching his favorite team play in Vegas? And we've seen some pretty weird costumes throughout, even this year. Yeah. You know, in Kansas City, it's banned for the for the headdress and all that stuff. It's not banned in Vegas. And now I heard that there's going to be a ton of fans who are going to paint their face half black and half red for the Chiefs Bills game coming up this Sunday. I it this just makes my blood boil to the point that you know that you went after someone you could I mean you could destroy some kid's life before he even starts. Mm-hmm. Right? And when I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, those are the colors. Yeah, they say, well, black's not really cover. Well, black's in the outlining of of the of the uh of the arrowhead. Right? Mm-hmm. Black's always usually a, a color, whether it's minor or, or major. I just, it just blows my mind. And then the media, and this guy wouldn't even apologize till he got the threat of being sued. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to chime in because I I have a few things I want to say. One part that JC did not mention, which is okay, because, you know, we're going to forget stuff. This was his birthday gift from his parents. A birthday gift. Yep. Nine, nine years. Is this how low society has come to just in general? 
to go after a nine-year-old kid. He's still learning. I have not seen, not read, not heard one complaint from the people who were at that game about the kid. Never heard it. Now, I kind of want to jump in a little bit because there's another writer. And I, and I respect him, Kevin Blackiston. I, I respect him. He did a, a little interview. He, he did his job, and he asked a Native American tribe what they thought of it, and he got their quote, and you know the, they said that you know they didn't like it. That's just one tribe. What about all the other tribes? in the United States of America. How do they feel about it? Do they feel the same way as that one tribe? Or do they disagree? Because I'm pretty sure there are some tribes that probably felt, okay, that's kind of cool. This is the problem with the United States of America today is the fact that a lot of these old white people and young white people, and yes, I'm white, you know, but but they think that they speak on behalf of all Native Americans, of all indigenous people. No, you don't. You do not speak on behalf of them. Yeah, they took you know, we took their land. My family didn't come over until like the 1900s. Just wanted to mention that. So you're going to say society as a whole is going to come and say to, uh, you know, say to this kid, uh, you were pretty inappropriate with that outfit. No. Ask the tribes. Ask what they think. Not just one. Ask all of them. I bet you get differing opinions. And this whole thing, see, the thing the thing is, and, and I'm going to shoot from the hip. The reason why the Redskins name got changed, besides the pressure of the sponsors and all that, is because they're a losing team. You can do it to a losing team. You know why they don't do it with the Braves? You know why they don't do it with the Chiefs today? Because they're winning. They're winning teams. You're not going to make them change their name when they're winning. You wait until they start to lose. That's the thing. And with the whole Tomahawk Chop thing, that thing's been going since D, you know, JC and I have been kids. And now all of a sudden it's inappropriate? Come on, people. Get your heads out of your ass, you know, one way or the other. You, you can't, you know, if you're going to speak on behalf of the entire, you know, indigenous people, Native Americans, you best be Native American. Otherwise, shut up. Don't say you speak on their behalf. Don't say you represent them because you don't. The only thing you're representing is the almighty dollar. Yep, totally agree. 
Totally agree. And now the red, the Redskins, they want the name back. Yeah, the, the, I, believe, the, the, I believe there's some tribes suing to get are. the name back. There are team, there are tribes that are suing to get the name back, and good for them. There's like a difference. There's <sighs> a there's a difference between supporting and saying you're representing. I support the Native American tribes suing to get the Redskins name back. I don't support the people who just suddenly say, oh, well, I think the Native Americans would be offended. How the hell do you know they would? Yeah. And that, again, is us looking at one side of the story. A lot of people are doing that, right? They have, If you're going to take the time to write something, to make a comment, to educate me, with tweets and stuff, you better read both sides of the story. Because mm -hmm. I do. I will read what's printed from one side, and then I'll go find what's printed from the other side. And then I'll make my own conclusion. That's how thinking works. You know, that's how that's how you were taught was to think. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Right? I'm going to investigate it some more. And you got a world of the internet to look at. But you got internet doctors telling you, oh, this is bad. You got people saying, oh, this is bad. And they start focusing on that. Yeah. Right. And like I said, this story makes, I mean, this story blew up. And for the guy to double down after the fact, when people point out while his face was painted half black, half red, I and bet you this guy was. And you only show the yep. one half that is quote unquote yep. offensive. Yep. I mean, if this guy's face was painted, say the, kid, the kid's face painted. Red and yellow as the chase chase main colors, right? Mm -hmm. This guy would have went after saying that he doesn't like the Mexicans, he doesn't like the Chinese, right? That's mm -hmm. what he probably would have said. He was looking for a fight. He was looking to make something out of nothing. He was looking for clicks. Yep, and to sit there after the fact that you were that this family had to go get a lawyer. And then they ran off a half-ass apology for this guy. This guy sells a job. I mean, Desmond got rid of all their good writers years ago. Now it's just a joke of a website. Mm -hmm. All right. I don't even follow any of that stuff. But you're down right. And come come Sunday when the Chiefs and the Bills are going at it, I I wouldn't be surprised if you got maybe 10,000 people, their faces painted half black, half red. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. All right. Story number three. Story number three. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. And we're not talking about the slugfest on the field. Oh. We're talking about the slugfest off the field. With the first time in the history of the NFL, we saw a standing ovation for a non-coach, non-player, non-trainer, the head of security, this Dom DeSando, who got Big into Big a tiff with Big Dom, who's a legend in Philadelphia, got into a tiff with Greenlaw, who slammed the player down. They get at it, right? Greenlaw hits him. They both get ejected. As he's walking off, he gets himself a standing ovation. Okay. Okay, good. You know, maybe I'm thinking, you know, this is going to pump up the Eagles. Maybe we're going to have ourselves a good game while with 
lasted all about three minutes till the Niners flew him out of the water. Which brings me to this. And it also brings me to fans in the stands because we had a Bills player got fined by the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. for going after a fan who threatened his family, who said derogatories about his family. And I'm going to put it this way. As a player, as much as it pains you to do anything, you have to control your temper. Yeah, and it's hard. You have to control your emotions. Right? We saw Rendon get it earlier this year with the with the suspension coming out of Oakland of all places. I guess he ran into the three fans that were <laughs> that, that really got under his skin. As a player, you need to walk away. It's a high emotional game. We get that. And we've had a few debates on the group chat about it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what was Big Dom doing on the sideline there? Head of security, okay, you're protecting maybe from fans coming running across. I don't know. But if even if you look at the play, he kind of started running down. I know the motions were high with something said earlier. I don't know. But also as a as a non-coach trainer, you know, uh, player, you can't be doing that stuff either, right? You got to represent yourself in the organization. Mm-hmm. And fans need to stop going out after players, families, friends, anything along that line. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't expect anything less in Philadelphia. You know, they, it's been labeled as one of the most classless cities in sporting history, and that's pretty bad. Now, you know, I will say. That I did read, I want to say it was either yesterday or today. The Big Dom will be in Dallas, but he will not be on the field with the team for the game on Sunday. Yes, he's can't be on the sidelines for this Sunday. I would imagine that he might not be on the sideline for maybe the rest of the season. I don't know. Right. I imagine because of. They're still discussing some things. I mean, they had to do something now because we didn't hear nothing all week. Mm-hmm. They had to avoid, they had they had to jump ahead of that one. But I think they did by saying you're not allowed this Sunday, but we'll discuss to see what happens, right? But that doesn't even get. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I it, it just goes back to the men, you know, the thought that I've had, and you, and and I think you've had as well for years, which is. If you touch somebody, push, touch, shove, whatever, as far as I'm concerned, you're fair game to the other person. Yep. I mean, it's an unusual precedent that we had. Uh, probably will never happen again, although I could be wrong. Um, But... Part of it is the guy was doing his job. Part of it. Um, I don't know. This is one where I'm kind of like, they're both in the right, but they're also both in the wrong. The 49ers player should not have touched the security guard under any circumstance. But at the same time, security guards should not have gotten in, you know, in the position where the football players are. That's yeah, not he was job. he was in front he was in front of all the coaches. I thought he was running down for a touchdown or something. Because mm-hmm. he got in front of everybody. So was he going out there to protect somebody? We'll never know. 
Yeah, we'll never know. Right, that's the first I've ever seen this. You know, I've seen coaches trip players running down the sideline. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen this. And yeah. I've never seen the, the head of security get a stand ovation. You know. Look, he got a standing Which, ovation before Santa Claus. So he should be happy. Yes. Yeah. That's right. He didn't get batteries thrown at him. Right. But then we go to the other side of the coin for the NFL. And this one's baffling. So Tyreek Hill gets a touchdown, grabs a cameraman's phone, does a flip, does all this stuff. The cameraman's rights have been revoked for the rest of the year. And that was brought down within two days after the fact. And Tyreek Hill's like, hey, that's my that's my guy. So I'm going to pay his salary for the rest of the year. What? I, the guy had his phone out, so Tyreek grabs it, and it's this 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 kid's fault. Like I, the NFL has gone so loopy mm-hmm. nowadays that I don't know what's right, what's wrong with stuff. Right, every every play, we all sit there, we all we see a great play, then we all look down at the little screen to see if it goes yellow for a flag. I think the word you're looking for is soft. Well, they have gone soft, right? How does celebrating with a cell phone with a backflip affect anybody? You know, and the kid didn't even, he's like, I wasn't even part of it, right? The NFL is so two-faced nowadays that they see what's good for the game, what's not good for the game. But they look at it this way. They go, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We're going to, you can't be around no more because you gave this player a phone, a, a phone to do a celebration out of just the, the spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. And yet you're going to have a fan who wasn't removed from Philadelphia, who should be suspended for life. As far as I'm concerned for saying what he said to the bill players, they didn't remove him from the game to big Dom being allowed with the team, but not on the sideline. Yeah. Do we not see the hypocrisy of those three events? Yeah. Right, like it, it's phenomenal of how the NFL can just say, "Ah, eh, whatever, this or that." You know, and it's all about again making money. Exactly, it's about the sponsors. Yep, I mean, was it Devontae Adams last year that ran over a cameraman? Mm-hmm. And wasn't the cameraman in the way? And we didn't, you know, we I think we discussed that last year. Mm-hmm. And it kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. Right, Adams never got suspended. I think he got fined, right? And the medical yeah. and the cameraman had to go to the hospital. I think he busted something up. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's they. I think we as fans, we want consistency. Can you give us that NFL? Because I mean, I was watching the Seahawks Cowboy games, and I mean, everything was a flag, flag. I mean, oh I think my they, lord, yes. They stopped throwing flags because they ran out of flags. By the end of the game. Well, you know why they were doing it. Well, they want Dallas to win to set up the Cowboys Eagles. That's the same thing that's going to happen tomorrow night. I know, and we're in one group, and our one Cowboys fan. He's going to get. He's going to lose it. He's already losing it because the the referee is seven and zero when he's reffing the reffing the Eagles. Right. (laughs) You know. Yeah. We want consistency. And I'm also going to put the blame on the players 
for the inconsistency of the referee in. Because you guys take advantage of every little loophole, every little rule, and a human at a fast-paced sport can only handle a few things at a time. You know, I mean, look at the players. Some of them can't even catch a ball that's thrown at them, mm -hmm. right? So you guys have made the NFL make all these additional rules to the point where it's just it's baffling, right? You got so many rules in football now that, and and these refs are not full time. No, they're not. They have they have a nine you know, job. These refs. This is, must be the only league where the refs aren't full time. You know. I mean, you're talking about the biggest sport in North America and you can't even have your rest full time. Mm -hmm. You can't sit and say, you know what? We need more practice. You guys are going off to coach or umpire or ref some USFL games, some XFL games. You know, we're going to go over videos. You're going to be down on scrimmages for walkthrough through camps, you know, stuff like that. Like it's, and I mean, it, and this has been, I think we can all agree this has been the worst year of refing that we've seen in the NFL in a long time. In a long, long time. Because like I say, I look down. Like, hey, that's a nice play. Then I look down. Oh, holding. And then you watch the play develop. And it's like, that has nothing to do with the effect of the game. Right? Yeah. And then you watch a play where a guy totally gets mugged and no call. And you're like, how do you miss that? Well, you can hold refs accountable when they're not part of your employee situation for full time. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh no, they can't ref a playoff game this year. Well, do you really want to go to Lambeau Field when it's minus 35 degrees and ref? Or would you rather stay at home? You know. Exactly. And I mean, baseball's getting bad for it for the strike zone. Right? It is. But, but I think that's also a combination of, and this isn't against the players because players throw harder. We got more spin, right? You see balls breaking 12, 13, 15, 16 inches. Mm -hmm. It's tough, right? I mean, when you're up in power, when you're up in like 100 years ago, that ball was coming pretty slow. You you knew what it was, right? You're like, yeah, that, that's going to be a strike all the way. Now, with all the moving stuff, it's tough. And how many games, I guarantee you how many games have been won and lost because of a bad call. There's been a few first strike zones, right? Mm -hmm. It's a ball, next pitch, strike, guy puts it out, or vice versa, right? Shouldn't call the strike, it was call the ball, next pitch, guy puts it out. Now they're up by three or four runs. Yeah. You know? But at the same part, players need to just quit complaining, get in there, do your thing. You know? It's... Uh, I mean, this is one big story, number three, because it involves everything that's gone on. Yeah. You know, and it all comes back to the almighty dollar. It does. Right. I mean, even I mean, even that Green Bay game against the Packers, right? Mahomes gets hit and bounced, 15-yard flag. Oh, that was a terrible call. Oh, my Lord. You know, and then Marcus Scanley there, he gets mugged for a, for a ball and no call. It's just, I'm sitting there going, well, I don't know what a call is anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, you just hope you hold your breath and go, well, is there no flag? Oh, no, doesn't look like no flag. Right. And I think the NFL needs to ban people wearing yellow cleats and yellow yellow gloves from now on. Because every time I see a yellow cleat, I say, oh, there's another flag. 
right? <laughs> you know, especially when you got the Chargers and the Vikings going at it. Right. Uh, just just boggles the mind. All right. All right. You got what else you got? Story number four. Are we really gonna watch the flop win some in-season NBA tournament? <laughs> Right? Is this what his legacy is going to be all about? Yeah, you know, it's I mean, funny. <laughs> it's fun. Don't mean to cut you off. It's funny you say that because I said to DK last night, "Boy, isn't it ironic? The Lakers are in the finals of the first in-season tournament, and LeBron is in it, and they're probably going to win it." You know, hmm. <laughs> Oh man, you know, I just it just boggles the mind because the Lakers Lakers are not that good of a team, right? Right. They had their round rob, and then you had your knockouts, and now you're in Vegas. I guess they have to do some schedule changes, things like that, right? I mean, I do like the fact that the NBA has gone out and made players play, mm-hmm. right? That there's fines, there's suspensions. You're not going to be eligible for awards if you're not eligible for awards. You're going to lose money on your contract, right? With stipulations. Because I mean, it was this wrestling was getting ridiculous. Like, oh, I, I can't play back to back. I'm going to take this day game off. Right now, you need a legit injury, and soon you're going to have league doctors, not team doctors, but league doctors, go over stuff. Right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, it it hurts the brand when you got when you got a person who pays say a thousand dollars to watch LeBron and he's not playing because he needs a day off. Which again, I mean, you're a professional athlete. You should never want a day off, right? You should want to play all 82 games. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm not feeling well. I'll start. I'll play some, but I'll limit my minutes. Right. Right. That's one thing, you know. But to actually not sit there and start. And I like the fact that they say. I think there's also another rule. And they're saying if they don't start these players, you can't bring nobody else up. If you want to sit three players, you're down three players. You know, we got to start going after that stuff. You don't see NHL hockey players saying, oh, I need a rest. I need a break. After taking 15 shots to the shins the night before. Mm-hmm. Right? They're back out there. And hockey's a lot lot more physical game than basketball. It is. You're going hard for a minute and a half. You're getting hit. You're blocking shots. Right? You're getting cross-checked. It's, it's a, you're battling the corners. Right. Mm-hmm. In basketball, right, there's lulls, there's things like, like it's just it's phenomenal. Right. Baseball, I understand a rest after maybe playing twenty one games, but you're playing twenty one games pretty much in a row. Yeah. Right. And I think there's even something in the contract that says players can only play so many games and they need a rest. Right? You're out in the hot sun all day, say right, night, whatever. It it's it's taxing. We get that. Basketball, and if and maybe, and I'll also say this: I think it's also basketball's fault. Why are you scheduling three games in four nights? Yeah, you got six months to play the whole thing, right? So it should be every second day, every third day, you get eighty-two games in. One thing I do like about the in-season tournament, which I wasn't really sure of until someone like confirmed it, is these games count towards your regular season record. Yep. That, that is something I like because I don't know if you would have done it 
and the games don't count, it'd be like, okay, we're adding an additional, like, okay, for Indiana and LA, eight games here. And then you have the 82, and you're expecting them to play a 90-game regular season. No, no, it has to be this way. You know? No, and, and that's a good idea, right? So now you got, what, the Bucks and the Lakers playing in Vegas? Pacers and Lakers. Or is it Pacers? Oh, Pacers and, and Lakers playing in Las Vegas, where they would play each other one time, right? Mm-hmm. So do they now? What happens? Do they have to change the schedule around a bit? Probably, right? Because so now you're gonna have to make some changes, right? What about all the Pacer fans who bought the ticket to watch the Lakers go to to Indiana? Mm-hmm. Right? Do they get a rebate, or do they all get a fly to Vegas to watch this game? Right. You know. So, I mean, does it hurt the fans? Yeah, a little bit. Right? Now, well, I guess we'll see what happens. Now, right? It's I interesting. Do, now, I do want to ask you a question. Okay. Because, obviously, the team that wins it is going to win a trophy. And each player gets a $500,000 bonus, which is pretty nice. Do you think there should be another reward for winning the in-season tournament? Uh, well, I think the only reason there is a reward is for players to take it serious. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, say in regular season, are you going to have, you know, like, eh, you know, I'm not feeling well, we're not going to play all counts towards in-season tournament. Well, do I get anything out of it? No. Yeah, whatever, I'll sit. I think it had to be paid. Do I agree with it? Well, no, because as a basketball player, you should grow the sport yourself, mm-hmm. right? You need to be able to say, hey, you know, I want to make it popular for everybody else. So we're going to play this tournament. We're going to play hard. We're going to win. Kids are going to watch it. Say, yeah, you know, I want to win that. Right? But when you got to involve money with it, to me, it just seems tainted in a way. Right? Instead of doing it for the love of the game. And there is no more love of the game. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't want to hear that anymore. We know it's not. It, we know it's a business. It's no longer love for the game. Oh, I love to play. I love. No, you don't. Bullshit. Just say what we all know. Oh, I get paid handsomely. You know, if it's for the love of the game, you're not shaking some guy's hand after the game. Right. You think you would see George Brett shake some Yankees hand after a game? Now, George Brett would have punched him in the head (laughs) with pine tar on his hands. To boot. Right? Now you got players talking all this and they're trading secrets and things like that. And you're just like, well, the game has definitely changed, right? Yet the fans in the stands like to beat each other up. Glug, glug. Right? Yeah. And because what? I mean, you think those players are not that we're going to go out and have a drink or go for dinner after. And you're out there smashing, getting your head smashed in by some some guy from the other team. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it's a business. You know, we, I mean, we watch it for the love of the game. We watch for the exciting plays. We watch it for fantasy. We watch it for betting. We watch it for all that stuff. Right? They play it as a business. If you want to watch, if someone wants to say they love it for the game, that's college players. That's the CFL, the XFL, the USFL. That's to get them maybe to be seen, but they're still giving it. 
things like that. But once you hit the big times, it's a business. All right. Uh, do you have any more? Do you have another one? Uh, well, I got a ton, but I'll, I'll say one thing, though. Uh-huh. I mean, right now, me and Bill are watching Army versus Navy. It's tradition, right? They play every year after the after the bowl games. Or sorry, after the, the, the championship games. Yeah. Right? I think next year, both of them are going to the ACC. No, they're going to the... Well, actually... Or, or what they're going... They're going to... The American... was the ACC. Mer- Navy is already in the American Athletic Conference. Army is going there next year. Yes. And the way they have it done, and I actually like this, is when they play... This will not count as a conference game. Which I like. Nope. I actually like that. They could both they could Yes. So they could both play in the conference game last week. And, and they will play this game again. this week. Yeah. Yes. You know. And I mean, and we and I mean being, being Canadian, I mean, obviously you being American, right? It's we're proud to watch this game. I mean, these are kids who are going off after the fact mm-hmm. to defend their country. You know, you see, I mean, this is this game has been going on, I think, since 1890. Oh, it's it's a long, long time. Right. You've had sitting presidents come to those games. You know, you get the Heisman the Trophy team. winners. Yeah. You have Heisman you get, Trophy winners that have played in this game. Yeah, you had Staubach playing that game. Gerald Ford. I mean, was a future president. Yeah, you've had him, I think, rank one and two. That's when the requirements of being in the Army was you had to be a certain tight, certain weight, right? So you had all these big guys playing football. Now anybody can kind of go in. I mean, it's something that we enjoy. And I mean, I and I'll put it out there right now. I respect the, the kids for doing what they're doing for today and then for later on in life and service. And you get my thanks. And even though I'm from another country, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I I have a couple things that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, one of them kind of goes with the media thing, but I'm I'm going to save that for a little bit. The college football playoff. Yes, I was also going to get to that. What What is your thought on the the four they picked? Well, I, I thought it was going to be Michigan, Washington, Texas, Florida. Right. Alabama beat Georgia. That's fine, right? Georgia's done. Georgia has some issues. Florida Alabama lost to Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're not getting the third seed. And then, you know, they had a ranked. I think they had some rankings that Florida's gonna be fourth. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and then they, they announce it. And Alabama gets the fourth spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. Okay, so you had a team that lost a quarterback who went 13 and 0, won their won the conference championship. And you're telling me they're not in the bowl game or sorry, they're not in the I fight for a national championship and now people are saying, "Well, we want the best team, we want the best games." Well, does that not defeat the purpose of what the college community stands for saying, "Hey, we're going to give the four teams that shown through the regular I mean, the regular season doesn't matter then, does it? For Florida, it did not matter, 
And I mean, and now they're going to play Georgia in the in the Orange Bowl. That's going to be a heck of a game. That's if Florida State even goes. No, they're going. I, I last I've heard they're going. And I hope they beat the brakes off Georgia. All right. You know. I can't wait to okay. I can't wait to give you my thought on this. You also have an unlimited swear jar. <laughs> I, I do. Oh, I do. I think they got it right. I think they got the four right. And and let me explain, okay? Let's let's take care of the easiest ones first. Michigan and Washington. They've been the two best yeah. teams all year. They they just have been. There there's no question, no denying. They have been the two best teams all year up to this point. With Texas, you had to put them in. They beat Alabama in week 2 which for a while was the biggest win of the season. And they go on to win their conference. Their one loss was against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma always gives them a hard time. Always does. But after that loss, Texas took care of business. That's what they had to do. So, you know, Texas getting in, that's not a problem. Now to discuss the literal elephant in the room with Alabama and Florida State. Because Georgia lost that game, they're out. You know, which is weird to say because they were undefeated all year, but they had games where they did struggle. So... You know, they were going to get beat sooner or later. What it boils down for me is this. Could you say the quarterback injury for Florida State is a big deal? Yeah, it it, it, it is a big deal. It is. But this is where, for me, this is going to be my argument for why I think Alabama deserves to be in and not Florida State. I'm, I have in front of me right now Alabama's schedule from this season. Besides the win against Georgia, they have quality wins over Ole Miss, Tennessee, and LSU. Three, uh, three ranked teams. Ole Miss is in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Florida State had the big win in week one against LSU. Where is their other quality win? Where is the other one? Because I have the schedule in front of me. They beat Southern Miss by 50 points. They beat Boston College by two. Had to go to overtime to beat Clemson. Beat Virginia Tech. Beat Syracuse beat Duke, beat Wake Forest, beat Pittsburgh, survived Miami, had trouble with Florida and Louisville. I'm sorry. I know people in Florida want, you know, well, well, the ones that are Seminoles fans 
want them to be in the college football playoff. And, you know, if if we had the 12-team system, they'd be in. It'd be no problem. The thing is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Florida State's schedule is not nearly as good as Alabama's. And Alabama had more quality wins than Florida State did. That is why they're in. Okay, I know I see your point, but is it is it Florida State's problem that their division is crappy? Right? I mean, you put Florida State in the SEC, maybe they don't go 13 and 0. Right? I mean, the thing I look at is that you've 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 tell tell these kids all year, hey, you keep winning, right? You're gonna make it to you're gonna make it, you're gonna make it. They go 13 and 0. Yeah, they had some gutsy wins, right? And obviously going to overtime against Clemson, right? Beat LSU along that line, right? But now you pretty much said, ah, you know what, we want Alabama in. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy for any team to go into Michigan and beat the hell of Michigan. Because I cannot stand the coach. <laughs> and especially after this year with him cheating. Right? I mean, have you seen how the scores have dropped after they got caught cheating? They weren't blowing teams out yeah. by 30-some points. Right? right. I bet, and I can guarantee you right now, Michigan, out of all the teams that are pissed off, Obviously, Florida State's up there. Michigan is also pissed off because now you're going to play an Alabama team. Okay, but let me but let me let me counter with you on this. Who in their right mind, after you book two years in a row games against LSU, books a game against Southern Mississippi and North Alabama, and the North Alabama game? is in the middle of November. That game should be a week three game. Should not be the next to the last week of the regular season. Yeah, true enough. I mean, you're helping out these little colleges. Was it played in in, in North Alabama's home, home field? Because a lot of these teams, you got to remember too, a lot of these guys signed contracts, so we're not going to play you for five years, but roll, right? They might have signed something three years ago, four years ago. Hey, we're going to play, we want to play you guys, we'll do a home and home, right? Mm-hmm. It's just not booked all of a sudden, hey, we're going to book, we're going we're gonna to start, we're going to play these guys next year, right? A lot of these, I believe, are said, hey, you know, they contact us, go, yeah, you know, in about four years, we're going to have an opening. Would you like to go up against us? Right, a lot of these teams are like, yeah, well, well, we can do that, right? Right. Uh, it's it's tough because you know you're successful. You were thirteen and zero. You won your your conference. It's a power five conference, right? So then let's just do this. We can end it all right now. We go with a sixteen playoff this year, right? Sixteen. There you go. Done. Your top two teams have a bye. You bring everything in a week early, you play three versus six, four versus five. Then you move on. Well, right? that ain't going to happen. No, it's not. And I mean, this really, I think this more than anything, I think has really pissed off a lot of people. Even like football fans overall who maybe their teams aren't in it. 
because now they're like, well, Alabama lost one. Yeah, they won their their conference, but they lost the game, right? You got a team who didn't lose any. It just shows, you know, it shows that, I guess, your fate is in the hands of a committee, and that's it, right? And we don't know much about this committee. Are they, do they, I mean, if you had a committee of, say, Don Shula, Bill Belichick, Jimmy Johnson, all these guys who know football, would the outcome have been different? But but here's the funny thing about all of this. And then I got one more thing I want to talk about. It's the final year that we're doing four teams and all the controversy happens on the final year. Because yeah. next year we go to 12. And actually, they're, they could have gone to 12 this year. But the ACC was like, no, we may want to wait one more year. So if, you know, if they hadn't shot themselves in the foot, we wouldn't be having this discussion. No, we wouldn't be. But I also say this, right? The SEC, which is the biggest powerhouse of football, if they had no teams in this year, you know there would have been a drop in revenue. I guarantee that much, right? Now you got an SEC team in there, and guess what? Everything's good again. Right? Everything is good again. What now, happens if Alabama, say, lost two games and then beat Georgia? They wouldn't have gotten in. Florida State would be right. So the one loss to Texas, which is third. And, I mean, we can debate Washington, Michigan being first and second. I mean, Washington had a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Right? They did stumble against some teams that were ranked a little less than them. But overall, I mean, I'm happy with the first three picks. But, I mean, like I said, if Alabama goes in there and wipes Michigan away and Florida State goes and wipes Georgia, now we got ourselves a good discussion coming up. But you know what? And you know something's going to happen. But you know what, though? And this is the one thing no one is talking about, which I'm kind of surprised about. We could have. And I'm only saying could the finals could either be the current Big Ten team in Michigan against the soon to be coming to the Big Ten Washington, or it could be Alabama, who's in the SEC, against Texas, who is soon coming to the SEC. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. It is possible that could happen. Oh, it's it's it is very interesting of how Aaron's lined up that way, right? Mm-hmm. You got two teams that are going to be in different conferences next year going up against each other against two teams that are already in the, the, those conferences for next yeah. year. And I mean, and you look at it, right? You had Ohio State would be in the twelve team playoff this year. Ohio State can make some noise. I think it's. I think if all the years that we want, we were talking about the twelve team playoff. I think of all the years, this is the year I think would have probably produced some of the best playoff football. Mm-hmm. Right, you got three teams that are undefeated, bunch of teams that are twelve and one. We don't usually get that, you know. So, I mean, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, we're, we'll, we'll watch it. Right, we'll make our predictions. 
on what we think is going to happen there. And it'll be fun. All right. Now to my last topic. Angel Reese. I have been waiting to talk about this one for weeks. Because I'm 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 gonna get a lot of stuff off my chest. First of all, she's a very good basketball player. Do not take anything away from her. She is a very good basketball player. But what happened the last several weeks with her not playing and the way it was handled, I think was just a complete cluster. So Kim Mulkey, the coach, during a game, I think it was during the second game of the season, Benches Angel Reese for the second half of the game. Then all of a sudden, she is not in games. Now, did we need to know why she wasn't playing? No, we, we didn't need to, you know. But the way the way Mulkey handled that, I thought was a little unprofessional. All the media people were trying to do was do their job. If Mulkey had just said simply, we, you know, at this time, we're not going to say anything. If we do decide, we'll let you know, at a, you know, at a later date, then that would have been it. Instead of giving everyone an attitude. And that's kind of been Mulkey's problem for years. So there's that. The second thing is the fact that Angel Reese's mom and another player's mom go onto social media to trade verbal blows about whatever it is. For the love of God, we don't care. This is a private matter. You don't need to put it on Twitter and Instagram. That is stuff that you keep private. And it's a shame that these moms who you think, okay, they are mature enough to, you know, keep this a private thing. Don't. How stupid can you be? You know, to make this a public thing. If if Angel Reese got benched because of her grades, then okay, she got benched because of her grades. If she took time off because she had mental health issues, okay, you know, I understand it. She became a big star during the, tour the NCAA tournament this year. And maybe, you know, all of the stress finally got to her. Okay, I get that. But don't be going on social media, you know, berating another person and like, oh, your daughter's got a 1.9 GPA. Oh, no, that shit stays private. It stays private. So those two moms should just be taken off of social media entirely. And then Angel Reese comes back. 
okay, you know, she had time off, got herself together. And then what does she do on social media? She's like, I'm going to make all the haters apologize for what, I, you know, what they said. Really? You're going to really go that route. This is why I don't like her. As a, like I said, as a player, she's a good young player. But kid, you're 21 years old. The whole world does not revolve around you. Hopefully Kim Mulkey got that to your head. The world does not revolve around you. The world does not go on their hands and knees thinking it is Angel Reese 24-7. You, girl, are not Beyonce, and I don't like Beyonce. But, girl, you're not Beyonce. You're not Rihanna. And another thing, the nickname, Bayou Barbie. I'm sorry. I've been to Baltimore many, many, many times. I have seen far more beautiful women in Baltimore than Angel Reese. If you don't like that, I'm sorry. Go to Baltimore. I can. I bet you can find at least five women better looking than Angel Reese. She is so full of herself that it's amazing. Hopefully, you know, something happens where she gets a reality check and realizes not everything is about you, and I hope it's the same thing to her mom, and I hope it's the same thing with the coach. As far as I'm concerned, get your shit together, worry about the team, worry about what you're going to do, then worry about yourself. Otherwise, shut up, play the damn game. Yeah, you play for the name on the front, not the name on the back. And... I'll say this, if you do need the help, because yeah, things get stressful, things like that, fine, do what you need to do, but you're not bigger than, you're not bigger than basketball, you're not bigger than the college, you're not bigger than than anything, right? No one's bigger than the game, any game, ever, because then they get spit up, they get ate up, mm -hmm. right? You have a chance to make millions of dollars doing what you do, go ahead, but as we see in this world, people start to shy away from things like that, and social media is is a root of, of evil, if not handled rightly, right? Like I said, what's our rule? Don't you know, be a I schmuck. want a rule. Don't, don't be a schmuck. So don't be a schmuck. Go out there, play the game, right? We have one LaFlop. We don't need two. Who brings in the drama? The, the We're done thing, with that. The, the thing is, with Angel Reese, again, She's a really good basketball player. She really is. The problem is she doesn't have the, you know, the reality check. She needs to have a reality check. She needs to be humbled. She needs to be embarrassed. I don't know if, you know, whatever happened made her that way. Probably not. But I'm being real. You know, I grew up in Maryland. I grew up near D.C. I've been to Baltimore. Believe me, I, I've seen better looking women than her. I really have. So, you know, it's just, ah. And, oh, and I you. saw the other day, you know, the, the mock draft for the WNBA draft. She's at number 10 on that board. Her stock took a hit a few weeks ago. 
She probably could have been top five. Now she's at 10. She better get it together or else, you know, yeah, she'll be, you know, famous to other people, but in sports, she'll end up being like Anna Kornikova. She will. Maybe, she, and you know, she may be getting some bad advice from her mom. Maybe. Maybe. Right. We, we don't know that. I mean, it's, and that's what happens, right? Some, I mean, we've seen parents destroy kids careers all the time. Oh yeah. I, I know my dad, he tells me from time to time, Ben McDonald is a very good example. The, he, the pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. He was number one pick overall, wasn't he? Or yeah, he was a couple? very good pitcher. It's just his dad was like his agent. And Messed him up. But to be fair to, to Ben, he got himself a second career as a commentator, and he's actually a darn good commentator. Yeah. And and that's the thing is parents, you need to leave your kids alone. Look out for the best of them, right? Make sure they don't do anything stupid, especially mm -hmm. nowadays, right? But let them play. And don't, I mean, people nowadays, when, when they get a parent that wants to be involved totally, Seems like, yeah, we don't need this, mm -hmm. right? The the deal between kids nowadays, the talent level and the skill and all that. I mean, it's not a big thing as it was back in the day. You still have your top players, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, you look at it, the the gap is definitely closed. And if you're a parent that's causing issues, from all the way from junior to everything else, the team might just say, you know what, we don't want this headache. Yeah. Right. And then you're putting stress on the kid and all that and everything else. Just let them play, you know, guide them. They got questions. Right. Do their thing. Right. And stay out of it. Yep. Cheer for them. Yep. You know, that's all you can do. But we see time and time and time again. I mean, look at the ball family. Right. That's a good example. You know, they haven't mounted too much. No, they, they they have. I mean, they they're good basketball players. Two well, of the three. One of them, one of them did win Rookie of the Year. Yes, I think it was the youngest of the Ball family. I think so. But I mean, you get involved, and teams are like, well, you know, I, I don't know if we want this, right? I mean, it, it start. I mean, I we can give you near. I mean, the best one for hockey would be Eric Lindros. Oh Lord, getting drafted by the Quebec Nordiques. Was told you're not playing for them. Gets traded. Colorado or Quebec gets a whole swack of players, and they end up winning the Stanley Cup. And Philly, which should have kept Forsberg and all the rest of it, I think it was Philly and, and Quebec that made that trade. Yeah, at the time. it was. It was. Right? Awesome. I bet you it cost them a Stanley Cup because you gave up Forsberg. And if you think about and it, then, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and, and, and if I'm wrong, please say it, J.C., if Lindros stays with the Nordiques, I bet they're still in Quebec today. Oh, I I, I would totally agree. There there'd be a Quebec today. There would and be I no bet Colorado Avalanche. Yep. There may be, but it would be an expansion team mm -hmm. or another team that's moved. Right. Right. They wouldn't have the they wouldn't have the Stanley Cup winning team because they had Joe Sakic already on that team. Right. I think that Adam Foot. They didn't have Patrick Wall at the time because he was still mm -hmm. with Montreal. Yep. 
And when he got traded, right? Montreal would never trade him to Quebec. No, not a chance. Right? But I also think his legacy would be built different. Mm-hmm. And people took a ire to that, and they went headhunting for Lindros. And God, he had so many concussions. He did. I mean, and he was a great player. Like, you watched him, but him and his brother got, because his parents got involved, and we see it all the time, from singing to acting to everything. Yeah. So it's something that we, yeah, like, just leave him alone. Let him play. Right? It's a tough game as it is to be where you're at. You don't need that amount of pressure. You just need someone, they just need their parents to support them. Yep, exactly. Right? This isn't your career. This is your kid's career. Sit on the sideline. Watch the game. Don't cause trouble. Well, I hope we gave you all all the sports, Phil, that you need today. We started with the Otani breaking news. And we end with parents ruining their kids sports careers <laughs> and the thing is we didn't really talk about any of the leagues right we didn't talk about hockey we didn't talk about football no to say for the teams and things like that yeah you know mm-hmm. we're gonna say that for another day mm-hmm. so we'll get to our quick plugs here uh follow us on twitter jc bill sportcast join our facebook group the jc and bill sportscast where we have over 300 members in our group and we love to expand more and more. Whew. This, this was quite a show, folks. I, I hope you enjoy it. And I'm sure some of you will disagree with our thoughts and that's perfectly fine because we're human beings and we allow you to yeah. disagree with us. My God. Well, if you disagree, throw a comment out there. Please. Tell us what do. you think, right? You know, that's the best part about talking sports and then we'll comment and tell you why you're wrong (laughs) that's right (laughs) even me and bill disagree with some of the stuff oh lord yeah we do all right right yep we do well on that note thank you guys for tuning in we'll talk to you all again real soon have a good time and uh merry christmas to all if we don't talk to you before that